To express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. When we give cheerfully and accept gratefully, everyone is blessed. That quote is from poet Maya Angelou. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself, we're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, creator and producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Before we get into today's show, Be The Star You Are's volunteers and I want to urge you to check out our website at bethestaryouare.org. Go to the events tab to find exciting events we have coming up. And also visit us at expressyourselfteenradio.com to check out past editions of our show. I'm Kenneth Jun, and today's Express Yourself show, uh, we're focusing on the gift of giving. So today's chapter is from Caitlin Darrow, who served as a host and reporter on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Caitlin is a teenage philanthropist and multimedia journalist. At the age of 12, she, found, she founded a 501c3 nonprofit organization, the Angels Community Outreach. The organization, set up in, New Jersey, in a New Jersey storefront, provides free clothing, food, and other services to those in need. Caitlin has won numerous accolades for her volunteer work, including the Presidential Volunteer Service Gold Award. As a journalist, she has worked with a variety of media outlets, producing and compelling reports from a teen's perspective. Uh, without further ado, here is The Gift of Giving by Caitlin Darrow. It was Christmas Eve, and I was looking forward to my family's tradition of baking cookies and watching Christmas movies. I had spent the entire day at the Angels Community Outreach, a nonprofit organization my family runs together, and it was a time to head home. We locked the door and started to leave when a small blue car pulled up. A woman hurried out of the car and ran up to us in panic, her body shaking. I could tell she had been crying. Her eyes were red and her makeup was running. She took a deep breath and quietly confessed, You are my last hope. She started to explain her situation to us, but all I could notice was a young girl peering out the back window wearing a bright red Santa hat. Tears streamed down her pale face as she told us that she is a single mom who recently lost her job. This led to her being evicted from her apartment. The woman and the girl in the Santa hat, her seven-year-old daughter, had been living in their car for a week. She had very little money and no presents for her daughter, because all of the funds went to gas and food. Christmas is tomorrow, she said, just above a whisper. I don't want Haley to wake up Christmas morning in a car. Her voice cracked when she said Haley's name. I knew we had to do something. I started making calls and getting others involved. My mother took them to a local restaurant for a Christmas Eve meal, while my two sisters and I, along with a few friends and neighbors, worked together as Santa's elves to make some magic happen. Within the hour, we had a hotel room reserved for two weeks. That evening, we carpooled to the closest toy store and purchased some gifts for Haley. I kept thinking of her little blue eyes peering out from beneath the Santa hat. There are at least seven of us running up and down the aisles, searching for the perfect Christmas presents. Barbie doll? Check. New, pajana, new pajamas? Check. Soccer ball? Check. And the list went on. I made a quick stop home and filled a box with ornaments and lights. Meanwhile, my older sister went to the Christmas tree farm. Within 20 minutes, we met up at the hotel room and decorated it for Christmas. We wrapped all the toys as fast as we could, and many paper cuts later, the last box was taped and the final bow was tied. My sisters and I hid them inside the closet. On top of the wrapped presents was a big note that read, Do not open until Christmas morning. Haley and her mom arrived at the hotel room shortly after, their new home for the next two weeks. Their mother broke down and cried, she had no words to say, but I could feel the gratitude radiating off her. Haley excitedly yelled out, This is the best. I get to sleep in a bed tonight. It was almost midnight at this point, and as we turned to leave, Haley's demeanor suddenly changed. She started sobbing. How will Santa know where I'm at? She asked tearfully, her blue eyes looking more like oceans. Don't worry. 
I already made a call to Santa. He knows exactly where you are tonight, I assured Haley, and her mother gave me a knowing look. Although I missed our normal family Christmas Eve traditions that year, it was the best Christmas Eve yet. I witnessed a real-life Christmas miracle when a group of individuals came together to help complete strangers in need. We gathered at a moment's notice, providing a mother and daughter with a magical holiday. That Christmas Eve, I was shown the true gift of giving. And the exercise at the end of this chapter, it's called Gather Your Team. Never underestimate the difference you can make. You can all impact someone's life in a positive way and demonstrate the gift of giving. Sometimes it's something you can do on your own, and other times you might need to call in a team to complete your mission. If this night happened to you, do you know who you would call to be on your team? Who would be there on Christmas Eve, ready to lend a hand to complete strangers? My exercise for you is to get your team together and complete a volunteer project together. Make cars for veterans, clean up a park, host a picnic with a homeless person. Whatever you do, I guarantee it will feel good. And yeah, I think that was just a really, really touching story from Caitlin here. Um, just, you know, about one of the Christmas Eve she had, the best Christmas Eve she had, she described. Um, I just want to point out, I think I, there's a really nice detail that she included in her story that really says a lot. Um, at the end, after they've uh, decorated the hotel room and Haley and her mother are going to the hotel room, she talks about how Haley's uh, demeanor changed and she asked, how will Santa know where I'm at? Um, to which they just respond, we called Santa. Um, I think that was a really nice kind of small note at the end there, just showing that uh, giving doesn't necessarily have to be this huge act of kindness. Or, I mean, this huge physical act, you know, they've obviously did a lot, you know, organizing their hotel room, getting all those presents and everything. But, you know, even that little comment about kind of assuring her that Santa will know where she is, um, I guess, kind of like playing into her uh, little innocent world of Santa Claus and Christmas that's like that also says a lot and really you know it kind of pushed her out of like that little touch of sadness that she had at the end um as they were turning to leave so yeah i really like that detail and you know the entire story in general i think it was a really great um great story that kind of manifests the true meaning of giving um and a little kind of noted detail at the end here uh caitlin the author of this chapter is actually in Tokyo right now. Um, she was actually asked to be on the show, but she actually couldn't be here because she was in Japan uh, helping out high school students, uh, which kind of works out perfectly. Um, yeah, she was hired to work for a women's empowerment program, and she's working with Japanese high school students uh, through mid-September. Uh, and she's teaching a curriculum that is focused on building confidence and empowering young girls. Uh, yeah, so she's spending her time at the school, leading lectures, group decisions in four different high schools, um, three of which are in Tokyo. And yeah, that I think that was just kind of worked out perfectly that she's uh, in Japan right now, you know, doing what she kind of described in her story, just helping out um, the people that need help and um, giving back to certain communities, uh, not her specific community, but, you know just helping, offering a helping hand to those around her. Uh, yeah, her community, the Angels, Out the Angels Community Outreach is still up and running in New Jersey. Um, and yeah, she has a group of volunteers who, along with her family, still run and manage things and, you know, uh, help others out, you know, with that gift of giving idea in mind. Um, yeah, so uh, once again, I'd just like to thank Kaylin for this really incredibly touching story uh, about giving. It wasn't like a huge story. It, it was just kind of one night, but I think it says a lot. Uh, support more amazing segments like this one by donating to the Be The Star You Are 501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program. Also, Be The Star You Are's Operation Wildfire Disaster Relief Fund is going on right now. Be The Star You Are desperately needs your donations to help us help those in distress by providing books and other resources. Help ship books to victims of natural disasters today at www.bethestarur.org. You can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund with no additional fees. I'm Kenneth Jun, and you've been listening to The Gift of Giving on Express Yourself with Be The Star You Are. Make sure to watch Be The Star You Are's fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are. Pick up our new anthology, Be The Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World at cynthiabryan.com slash online dash store. And make sure to stick around as we continue our show on The Gift of Giving. 
We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to Express Yourself Teen Radio on the Voice America Empowerment channel. I'm Kenneth Jun, and you're listening to The Gift of Giving. For this segment today, we are excited to have singer and artist Anaya Day. Anaya Day is an icon of the dance industry, having worked with Frankie Knuckles, Crystal Waters, Louis Vega, Queen Latifah, and P. Diddy. Named as one of Billboard's greatest top dance club artists, she is best known for her instantly recognizable vocal appearances on tracks such as Horny 98 by Moose T and her explosive rendition of Nasty Girl by Prince. A multi-talented house vocalist with a flourishing career continues to go from strength to strength. Anaya Day is one of dance music's most beloved voices. Anaya Day's latest single is a celebration of love and freedom, recorded to celebrate Pride Month and to recognize the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Uprising, a series of demonstrations that were instrumental in advancing the gay liberation movement and laying the foundations for the contemporary battle for LGBT rights. The track is an uplifting, joyous carnival of sound. For her song One World, Stick working with Masterbeat to create the theme song for their World Pride New York City event, and Day set out to lay down a vocal that brought people together, sending out a message of compassion, acceptance, and love, framing, framing her gorgeous vocal tones around a party-ready house beat that's sure to tear up Pride celebrations across the world this summer, and Anaya has produced a track that captures the positive message of World Pride in music form. And with that, I'd like to introduce Anaya onto the show. Hello. Hello. Hi, it's great to have you on today. Um, it, to be on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so just starting off with that single that um, I just mentioned and the audience heard between uh, segment one and two, um, is there anything you want to tell us about your single, One World, other than, you know, uh, what I just mentioned? Well, um, there's not more, much more, but you kind of <laughs> right. very well. <laughs> but um, yeah, during World Pride here, which was held here in New York at the same time as New York Pride, um, Brett Henriksen, who is over Masterbeat, asked me to perform the song, actually, at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Ballroom, And we had aerialists and eight dancers. It was a full-on wow. Broadway production in seven minutes. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, so you actually performed in like a lot of different places you actually performed at Chicago Pride Um, how was that like being at the festival yeah it was my ninth or tenth time doing Chicago Pride actually and it's always there are like 20,000 to 30,000 people there and 
blocks and blocks as far as the eye can see. There's an ocean of people. And the good thing is that everyone is focused on the music. Like you're not just up there singing for nothing. They, they know the words they're singing back to you. I call people up on stage and let them dance with us and stuff like that. We did a tribute to um, Celia Cruz, who is the, uh, the uh, queen of, of Latin soul, of course, mm-hmm. is passed away. But we did one of her songs in tribute to her called um, Carnival, La Vida es un Carnaval. And one of my dancers sang the song and everybody was shocked. Afterward, they wanted to take pictures with him. I was like, hey, <laughs> they were all like, can I have a picture with him? And I was like, uh, okay. I had to hold his towel in his water. <laughs> but it was amazing. The energy was amazing. The attendance was amazing. Um, I, I always have a great time when I do Chicago Pride, but this year was great because we got to do different things. And I, uh, one of the other bands, a rock band, is an all-female rock band called The Tulips. And I borrowed their guitarist and had her play a song with me called um, Shine. And the song actually is very personal for me because I wrote it at the time when I was really feeling really low. And uh, yeah, I told the audience about some personal things and why I wrote this song and it was just me and a guitarist and that was refreshing because I usually perform to tracks to full-on tracks and this time to just have just my voice and a guitar was a welcome change because I'm a live band baby you know I sing in a band called 45 Riots and um, I prefer a, a live band so that that was that was special that was special and it was different for me Chicago yeah. Pride. Yeah, it sounds really awesome. You know, it's not just like the music. The music is a big part of it, but there's like this big social cost that you're also kind of intending it for. You're this entire group of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, you've been doing this for a while, apparently. Uh, what got you involved all those years back? Well, I've been in house music for 24 years. Next year will be my 25th anniversary. My first song was Keep Pushing. And I was actually in... Germany, living in Germany, because I do musical theater. Well, not so much anymore because the music has taken over, so I'm always traveling. But um, I was doing musical theater, and I was hired from New York to go over to Germany and do a couple of shows, one of which was Little Shop of Horrors. And oh. I was doing Little Shop of Horrors, and one of the directors, he says to me, you have to meet, and he's, he's Turkish. It's really funny how international this is. He's Turkish wanted me to meet his German friend and I'm African-American. So he goes, uh, you really need to meet my friend Boris. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he tells Boris, you really need to meet my friend Inaya. And Boris is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So both of us are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because whenever you have friends or your family members, they go, you should hear so-and-so. They can really sing. They're really awesome. And usually it's not true. <laughs> So we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one day, to appease Yomas, we decided to meet. And um, they had a skeleton of a track. And I rode on the train for four hours from Dusseldorf to Hanover. And they played me what um, they played me what was to become Keep Pushing. So they told me what direction they wanted to go. They wanted it to be positive. And uh, Errol Reynolds basically said, you know, we want to say something like, he's British, he goes, something like, you know, if you keep going, it'll all be all right. You know, you keep on moving forward and everything will work out, you know, something like that. And I was like, okay, cool. So I kept singing different lines off the top of my head, just singing stuff, singing stuff, until I got to keep pushing on. And they put their thumbs up, Moose and all of them went to the booth and put the thumbs up in there, saying, keep going, keep going, you know, follow that track. So I did. And I added my little gospel flavors, though the mountains seem too high and the valley low and all that stuff. And uh, Boris put it together, made it made, make sense and made a little demo. And at the time, you know, I'm thinking I'm just doing a demo for this guy. He doesn't know me. I don't know him. They pay me for the session. I leave. And maybe three months later, I'm in America for a moment, vacuuming my carpet. And I hear... 
98.7 guest master mix. Keep pushing on. And I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. I heard that before. I must have heard that at Nell Club, you know. And then I'm like, when I heard my little, you know, riffs and stuff, I said, wait a minute. That's me. I'm on the radio. Wow. <laughs> so that whole thing happened. And so we had to do a follow-up because they were like, little girl, you have a big record. And I was like, really? I didn't really get it. And then I started hearing it everywhere. And I was traveling constantly. I had to tell my agents here in New York not to send me out on any auditions for musical theater because I had no more time. And they were like, huh? Nobody says stop sending me out. This is a first. And <laughs> I was the first. And I, it, I made good on it. It wasn't like I said it. And then I was like, oh, I changed my mind. I need to come back. It, it stuck. And I, I did Hold Your Head Up High. That blew up. Then the third one was Horny. And Horny blew up. It's on the South Park soundtrack. It's everywhere. It went um, platinum in Australia, gold in the UK. And from then, I just said, okay, Lord, I guess I'm supposed to do dance music. <laughs> 24 years later, I'm still able to make a living uh, and send out messages with my little dance music. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's crazy. Especially because that was really interesting. You said you kind of just freestyled things off the top, off the top of your head while you were recording. <laughs> anything down for keep pushing wow. never it was all contemporaneously it was just me just saying some church stuff and saying encouraging things <laughs> oh. oh do you do that usually do you just kind of like go into the studio and just i'll go um um uh what is that part it goes um if you reach a little deeper, if you reach out, reach out. I just keep saying that, and then I finally go, hiya, baby, baby. Then I go back to reach on up, because I'm thinking of something else to say. Uh. So I just <laughs> that one phrase until I go, oh, I can say this. But happily, it all worked out. Yeah, it works <laughs> out. The like, key thing to house music is like repetition. Um, Very true. Yeah. Um, as Weber says repetition is recognition. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you've gone into house music through that, but you also have like a background in musical theater. Um, is there anything special to house music, like to singing in house music that um, really makes it distinct from singing for other genres? Because yeah, like house music is very like dance oriented. So like the song structures are kind of different, right? Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I find that with dance music, I have more room to, to I should say, write message lyrics. You can write message lyrics and um, um, I, I say commands because I find that when you do, when you make your song like a command, like telling the audience what to do, it works. When you're doing R&B or gospel. It can work, but you can't do but so much of that. Gospel, you know, raise your hands, of course, is going to be awesome. Gospel and, 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 and house music, to me, aren't far cries from one another. So it came really easy to me. I, I'm, I'm brought up in the church. I go to church every Sunday when I'm in town. I'm in church, 9 a.m. So I am, um, and I have been all my life. <clears throat> so house music came easy to me because it's like gospel, you know, and like I have songs like keep pushing, hold your head up high. They're telling you to do something, make some noise. All of those are titles that I've, I've done, you know, and they all work. People like to sing along. They're almost like chants, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it, it moves a crowd because it, it creates um, a solidarity. Like everybody can yell it out or sing it out or chant it out at one time in fact i have a song called shout it out and everybody goes shout it out when that part comes you know yeah, i've never really thought about that but yeah that's really true it's a lot of uh dance music and house music involves a lot of commands yeah it's yeah just blew Promote my mind <laughs> you know what i mean like a, when when you ever notice if someone is looking behind them and running everyone around them are gonna look in that direction and start running too <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so, mentality is very powerful so if you can get a crowd to all know the phrase of your song the phrase of your your chorus then you're doing a powerful thing they're not going to forget it mm -hmm. yeah and uh, talking about like i guess like 
groups, uh, like music oriented um, around groups. Um, you talked about how you have like gospel, uh, you like to put like gospel touches in your music. Um, do you like participate in like pure gospel choirs or anything? Yeah. Um, my family has a gospel group and the one at church. I actually direct that choir. I teach the songs and I sing with them. So, yeah, I love singing gospel and I love being in a choir. You know, I, I love having a whole bunch of people with the same train of thought and the same energy, making wonderful harmonies together and moving a mass of people who hear it. You know, there's nothing like that. You know, when you sing a certain part that moves you to see the audience put their hands up, some people cry, some people rock. It's, it's an amazing um, gift to me to be able to sing gospel music. Yeah. That's really amazing. Um, Have you ever been like the choir director? Have you been the choir director um, at this church for a while or is it just something you kind of like started doing recently? Um, I would always direct a choir from time to time, but I do it more now than ever before. My younger cousin, Carl, he started his own church and uh, my family will go to Carl's church at 9 a.m. And then some of us go to the ch- the mother church of ours where we all came from, Mount Sinai. They go there for the 11 a.m. service because Carl's service is only like an hour and a half. So at Carl's service, I direct the choir. Um, we don't sing all the time because I'm not available to rehearse all the time and things like that. But for special occasions or if I'm in town for an extended period of time, then we rehearse and um, get up there and we go to different churches and sing and everything is pretty cool because they're not expecting, you know, all of that from us because they're like, oh, here comes Carl's mother. Oh, Carl's grandmother. Oh, his cousins are here. Then you see some people from the church and and he goes, I want to call the True Restoration Choir to sing a song and they see us all get up and they don't expect the power and because most of the people in my family sing. So they don't expect all of that. And they're like, Whoa. And again, I just have a, a thing for being able to move people with the gift that I'm given. And it's, uh, it moves me, you know what I mean? So I'll always sing gospel. There's nothing like it. It Mm -hmm. makes me feel good. It makes me feel good that, I can make other people feel good while I'm making myself feel good. So it's all around good vibes. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I kind of have like a question that might seem a little heavier, I guess. Um, yeah, so like obviously religion is like a big part of your life and you attend church and you sing in the choir and everything. Uh, you've also participated in pride festivals a lot and, you know, the LGBT communities and churches haven't always had the best relationships um, how has that have kind of like played out in your life? Sorry if this is kind of like a little heavier political, but I'm not at curious. all. I don't mind at all. Um, I welcome it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, a lot of people um, ask me how I can reconcile being religious and then singing at all the all of the pride festivals and events and things like that and supporting the community. The thing is, is that. We're all God's children. He didn't say, oh, I'm going to pick these and the rest of them that I made, they just suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? That doesn't make sense. And, you know, the, the true God as we know him is not like that. And um, when, how can you condemn? This is my take on it. it it's, it's not an equilateral thing. But how do you condemn someone for loving someone else? You know, and and the way they love them, um, that's really none of anybody's business, what they do behind their doors, really. Um, I don't want anybody in my (laughs) business, you know, nobody wants that, you know, a lot of actors um, and, you know, TV personalities, they try to keep their personal lives out of the media or out of other people's sights and, and, and ears. And they're as heterosexual as a day is long. So it's like, in the end, in the end, that's not what we'll be judged for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. In the end, it's how you treat 
each other. Um, Christ said, um, you know, above everything, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah. And it's, it's like it's, a really great thing that like people with such like religious roots are able to, you know, participate in these pride festivals and kind of bridge that connection instead of, you know, just separating those two entities constantly. Yeah. I mean, people, the LGBT community, they are just people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't get it. I don't get what the big deal is. A bunch of people. People have different preferences. People do things differently. They pray differently. They call God different names. They, you know, people do things differently. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. <laughs> really do. And if they love the music, I love singing it to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. as long as you're not throwing cans or apples at me, we're great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, before we move on, do you want to like shout out your church or anything? Do you want to like give out the name oh, of your church? Or I have to shout out both of them. Um, my little cousin who started his church, Reverend Carl Leach Jr. Um, his church is the True Restoration Worship Center. So shout out to them. We just had prayer before you called on Wednesdays. We have a, a prayer call on the phone at 730 and the whole church will dial in and you can hear my cousin. He prays and and, you know, he knows certain people have certain situations. He'll pray specifically for that person and then give updates and stuff like that. So we did that just before you call. So shout out to True Restoration Worship Center and to our mother church where we all came up. My mother has been in this church um, since she was 15 years old. And my mother just turned 89 on August 1st. So that's how long she's been at Mount Sinai Baptist Church in Brooklyn. So shout out to them. Uh, and that's where we all came from. So, yeah, I still go back there and sing as well. All right. Awesome. Um, you said you performed at the Chicago Pride Festival for like, what, sorry, it was seven years, eight years? Nine. Nine. Yeah, wow. Actually. Uh, what got you started in the festival in the first place? What got you into it? Um, into festivals in general or the oh, Chicago? Oh, the Chicago Pride Festival. Oh, Chicago Pride Festival. Well, how I got into that was that... Um, the guy who runs it owns quite a few things in um, downtown. Well, I would say they call it Boys Town in Chicago. And um, he had me come sing at his club. I sang at his club. And at the end of the night, everybody left. Just his employees were there. And, you know, he kept giving me vodka. And people know, give me vodka. I'm going to keep singing. <laughs> The place was closed. He he pulled down the little shade on the door, locked it, and I kept singing and singing. So the employees, they finished what they had to do. So we all drank and sang until it was daylight to the point where I had to rush to get my clothes from the hotel to make it to the airport to get out of there. That's, we were there literally all night and half the morning. Me singing, having fun. I, I'm a great storyteller, so people love it when I tell stories. So we hit it off so well. It was like we became friends overnight. And he was also the head of Chicago Pride. And he said, would you do Pride? Da, 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 da. I said, I'd love to. He said, okay, I'm going to call Troy. Troy Bronstein is my managing agent. So he called Troy Bronstein. And Troy Bronstein arranged everything with him. And every year he would call Troy and Troy would say, honey, they want you back at Pride. (laughs) Really? (laughs) So, yeah, um, last year we skipped. Um, I didn't do Chicago Pride last year, but I did do Market Days in Chicago, which is in the same neighborhood. And it's a big festival as well. Very similar to Chicago Pride, just on a different date. (laughs) It's in August. And, uh, yeah, so I skipped Chicago Pride. Actually, they gave me the choice. They said, you want to do Pride or you want to do Market Days? I was like, oh, I want to do Market Days because I've only done that once. And it's mm-hmm. I haven't done it in years. And they were like, cool. And they actually let me choose. <laughs> yeah, that's really awesome. It's like a scene out of a movie where you just spend the whole night together and just have that connection. Um, yeah. Yeah. With all these, you've worked with all these other legendary artists. I'm not like super into house music, but like Frankie Knuckles is like a legend. Yeah. How, how is it like working with all these like super, super like important figureheads in the genre? 
it's amazing. It is a big blessing. Frankie Knuckles was like a big brother. And we used to call each other twin because our birthdays are a day apart. I'm the 17th, January 17th. He's January 18th. And he and I, we hit it off immediately when we finally met years and years and years and years and years ago. And we shared a limo. <laughs> how, <laughs> how, um, you know, that's very rich people problems. <laughs> we <laughs> to the airport and became fast friends and he stayed in touch. And I was trying to have an album done because still I've never really done a proper house album. So a producer said that he was going to do it. And then when he realized the album was my album and not his name wouldn't be next to mine, he decided to try to charge me an astronomical fee. And, um, I, I'm basically the reason that people know who he is. <laughs> so I was like, wow, that was a turn. So I said, you know, that's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to hang out. That's okay. I don't even worry about it. So the album wasn't done. I told Frankie what had happened. And he said, what? He said, baby girl, why didn't you ask me? I'll do the album. I was like, really? I said, but you're busy. Like you're, you're Frankie. He said, oh, please, I'll do your album. And he started, he, we got in, we got six, Five or six songs deep before he passed away. Oh, yeah. It was something else. And then with the Bootsy Collins thing, you know, I love funk. I'm a funk a tear because my sister, yeah. my cousins, they were listening to funk when I was a little kid. And um, my cousin, Saul Roberts Jr., is a leader of a band called Sky. I don't know if you've ever heard a song that goes, Call Me. If you need someone to talk to, go. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I yeah. have. Yeah. Gold and platinum and all that record that they made. And they have a few others that are gold and platinum. Well, he's my cousin. And when I was a kid, I used to sit on the steps and listen to them rehearse. And I listened to BT Express rehearse. I've even heard um, uh, uh, the Brass Construction rehearse. So mm. I had all that funk in me from little child. So years and years later, Bootsy Collins asks me to come to Cincinnati to his ranch. And he said, come, you know, let's write some stuff. I was like, really? Me? And he's like, yeah. So he sent for me. I went there, gave me some tracks. I wrote, he said, write to them as if you were just writing. Don't write them for me. So I wrote them and I came back to the studio the next morning. I sang them for him. He said, there's nothing to do it but to, uh, to do it, man. Just get in that booth and do it, man. And I'm like, me? You know, I'm, I'm such a dodo head. I was, I'm always like, huh, me? <laughs> so I go in the studio and he's like, yeah. So he kept me as the first wo voice on it. And then he added his flavor. So I wound up writing two of the songs with him, co-writing, I'll say. And um, I sang on six of them. So then he goes, listen, uh, we're about to do a tour for this uh, album. You want to roll with us? You're going to be a fucking... And he was like, uh, me? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man. And I was like, uh-huh, I want to go. So we were on tour for about a year. Like, we went literally around the world. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, that's, that's how with Bootsy and then Latifah. That's a dream, touring with Bootsy Collins. It was like, I mean, every day was an adventure. <laughs> it was great. I love it. And we're still in touch. And, you know, when he's writing stuff, he does a lot of stuff for commercials or musicals and things like that. Different things he has to do. He'll go, listen, um, he sends out an email to a couple of us who really write. He goes, listen, uh, let me see what your take is on this track. I got an idea. Let me see if I can mesh up with mine. And we bet. And I'll scratch something out and sing a demo, send it back. Yeah, man, I'm going to use this part right here. Cool. Bet. We're going to do the paperwork. You know, so he's still throws me some stuff he's great he's such a great guy yeah that's that's amazing uh, yeah. and yeah. mutual friends a lot of mutual friends and that's how we met many 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 years ago and um we were always hanging out and stuff like that so she goes yeah i want you to come to the studio and do something with me i want to do a song for lance you know that's her brother who passed away so i said sure so Latifah and I wound up doing a song together for her um, Order in the Court album. You know that album where it looks like fire is coming from her head? Uh, yeah. 
famous yeah of hers and we're on that album together and little did i know that the song is a ballad and she didn't rap at all we both sang wow yeah it was awesome yeah that's that's crazy um yeah you talked about um how you like listen to funk all the time when you were growing up uh did you know you were going to be like a musician when you grew up uh did you always have that in your mind or was it something you just kind of like stumbled into as you grew older more so stumbled into as I grew older because, like I said, most of my family sings. So I didn't think it was a hot commodity. I was like, well, eh, everybody can sing. I didn't think it was a big deal. You know, and you go to church, everybody's saying, ah. so I, did, I didn't think it was a big deal. So I just, yeah, I can sing, but I moved on. And a lot of my family didn't even realize that I sang the way I sang. And they were like, hey, where'd all this come from? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm Benson. You all sing. You know, of course, I'm going to sing. I just thought everybody just sang. I thought I would be a journalist and a veterinarian. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Because I I love to write poetry. I wrote essays. Um, Essays that uh, I've written were in the mayor's office here in New York when I was a kid. And then when I was 12, um, I was honored Um, in Brooklyn for my poetry and they actually compiled a bunch of my poetry in a book and I was like you got to be kidding me I'm 12 (laughs) but I was like okay here it is I'm gonna be a writer obviously this is what I'm gonna be but everybody calls me Dr. Doolittle because I love animals I've had I've had newts I've had rabbits of course fish Um, the snake I didn't keep I gave it to my nephew um, I've had everything. I've guinea pigs, gerbils. Right now, I have two cats. I want a dog, but I'm gonna wait on a dog. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that's animals. I've had birds. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. That you're just your life just changed so drastically from what you intended. Um, do you have <laughs> anything else that you do with music? Do you play any musical instruments? Like, do you dance? Or- you know, I start you know, when I was a kid, I went to I don't know if you've ever heard of heard of the Dance Theater of Harlem. It's a prominent. Um, uh, I have not. Yes, it's a prominent dance company. And I was going to that school, Dance School of Harlem, and they wanted to put me on scholarship and have me do solos and because I was really good at it. And when I, I, I said, Ma, so does this mean they want me to dance by myself? And she said, yeah, isn't that great? I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. And she's like, why? I said, I want to dance by myself. I mean, you know, I was a kid. Now I kick myself. (laughs) 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 But yeah, I was good at that. And um, I took piano lessons um, when I was in elementary school and when I was in college. And, you know, I can pick songs out on the guitar like if I want to play along and accompany myself I can I can't just jump on it and start playing but I can teach myself in a couple of hours I can teach myself the song but I don't play anything fluently like to be able to just jump up and play it I don't play in public I do it for myself or to lay down a track or whatever you know when I'm pre-producing something so basically my instrument my instrument of choice and my instrument of strength is the vocal cord <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, have you? Do you think there are any like? What What do you think has been like the key to your success after all this time? You said you were really surprised by you know the um, keep pushing how that became like a giant hit and it blew up. Um, looking back now, do you think you can point out anything about like why that became such a hit? I you know I really think at the, because at the time even still, there's nothing that sounds like keep pushing. Like people have tried to make songs that are similar. Um, The song that is most similar to it is hold your head up high. And that blew up too, but they're both mine. You know what I mean? (laughs) So there, there isn't anything like that song, you know? So I think that's why I was like, wow. Cause everybody's like, what is this? When I talk to DJs, they always tell the story. They go, yo, when I first heard Keep Pushing, I was like, yo, man, what is this? This is dope, you know? So I think that's why Keep Pushing made such an impression. But I, I, I also think that, um, well, I can't say that I think I was told that 
I sang with, how did he put it? He said that when I sang, I sang with such um, depth and feeling and, you know, it comes through on the records that I feel what I'm singing. So I guess maybe because I make people feel stuff, maybe that's how I last. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope that's it because that's the aim of art to make you feel something. It could be, you know, even if something makes you feel disgust, you know, it draws you to it. It's like, oh my God, this is awful. <laughs> you got to see this. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you got to see this. this. This is ridiculous. And then you bring people. You know, so when you feel, when art makes you feel something, that's when it works. That's what it's for. That's when you know it really is art. Yeah, that's really cool. And you kind of had those hits coming out, like, on the verge of, like, dance music kind of changing, right? Like, it started in, like, the 80s, and then it kind of switched into, like, EDM and this different kind of dance music in the 90s. Um, have you, like, observed a giant change in the genre or, like, in the music scene in general? Yeah. Um Totally. I I make more tribal slash what they would call circuit songs. Um, they're more popular for me here in America, whereas the soulful music is more popular for me in Europe. And then the more poppy type electronic, you know, edm stuff is more popular for me in Australia. So mm-hmm. I have set of songs that I do for each, you know, a whole different set of songs that I do for each region. But the mainstays are keep pushing, horny, stuff like that. I I have to put them in the sets all over the world, which is a good thing. And that's pretty cool because it's my first one, you know, and horny, you know, is my third one. Those never die. Like, and if I don't put them in a set, people yell out for them. And I go, oh, I guess I'll be doing encore. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, I'd love to keep talking to you more, but unfortunately, I, it looks like we're out of time for this segment now. Uh, and I, I want to just thank you for coming into the show. Your energy has been amazing. It's been really awesome to speak with you today. Thank you so much. And so is yours. You sound so pleasant. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I've just been sitting here and like listening to you. Like you said, you <laughs> love storytelling. You're really good at it. Thank you. Um, yeah, audience, be sure to check out uh, more about Anaya and her music on Facebook.com slash Anaya Day, Twitter.com slash Anaya Day, that's in all caps, uh, and Instagram.com slash Anaya Day. Um, is there anything else you want to add on? Uh, oh, listen out for my new stuff. I have stuff coming with Joe Gautro. It's called Work It If You Want It. It's another encouraging song. It's saying, if you want your freedom, you have to work for it. Um, and but it's a it's a fun way to to put it without clobbering you over the head. Then the great Tony Moran, I have a song coming with him called "Keep It Up." So that's another encouraging and another, as I said before, either motivational or um, commanding. You know what I mean? Work it if you want it. Keep it up. And then I've rejoined with Mr. Timothy. I have a few number ones with him. He is out of Australia, and um, our song is called "Hands Up." So um, yeah, I've been I've been rocking it. Oh, and from my own label, Nayo Day Music, I have partnered with Master Fale out of South Africa, and we have an Afro Afro house tune coming and a deep house mix to it, and it's called Joyful Life. That's going to be out on my label August twenty third. So you got to listen out for that one. All right, and audience. Make sure to pick up a copy of our newest anthology, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World, which you can find on CynthiaBryant.com, uh, Amazon, and other book retailers. Visit www.BeTheStarYouAre.org for more information about Express Yourself and Be the Star You Are. I'm Kenneth Chan. Keep listening to Express Yourself as we continue with the gift of giving. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. 
and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. Today, we've seen a couple of big ways in which people have offered something to those around them. Uh, In segment one, Caitlin talked about in her chapter about how her outreach group scrambled to organize a Christmas miracle for a little girl. And Anaya, in her second segment, uh, talked about how she performed a new song. She created a new song, uh, performed at the Pride Festival, uh, you know, kind of giving to the LGBT LGBT community, uh, you know, how she directs a choir, organizes those kinds of activities. Um, And to just close off our show today, I just want to talk about some of the psychological sciences behind uh, giving and some small ways anyone can give back to the community. Uh, So doing doing some research, uh, I actually came across this news article by Elizabeth Renter that talks about how the health effects of generosity and giving are actually pretty concrete. They're like documented scientifically. So apparently that feeling of happiness uh, after having performed an act of generosity is actually called giver's glow. I'm not entirely sure if that's an official name, but apparently that's kind of the title that it has. Uh, It's where your brain releases dopamine endorphins that give people a sense of euphoria and oxytocin, which is associated with uh, tranquility and serenity or inner peace, calmness, things like that. Um, So there's kind of a theory that some experts suggest, um, which is that the reason for why this is in the human body is because uh, humans actually evolved in a way that is not just about survival of the fittest, but uh, promotes helping the entire group. Um, Because, you know, humans are social animals and we're very dependent on the group or community that we live and work together in. Um, So this might explain why uh, people feel so good when, um, you know, they partake in acts of generosity and they uh, give. Yeah. Um, so going into some studies, one study published in 2013 in the American Journal of Public Health uh, found that giving time and assistance to others reduced uh, the mortality risk tied to stress, which is a very known risk factor for many uh, chronic diseases. Uh The study looked at 846 adults in the Detroit area, and apparently stress didn't predict uh, mortality for participants who had helped others within the previous year. Uh, But stress and mortality was really strongly associated in uh, appearance in people who didn't lend a helping hand, uh, even after adjusting for age, health, and other variables. So that shows that, you know, generosity and helping other people can really, really benefit your mental health and um, reduce your stress levels. You know, there's a very strong link between um, stress and mortality, but 
you can kind of offset that by partaking in these kind of um, generous acts. And another study in the article, uh, a bit larger uh, and earlier, uh, follows 2,000 residents of Marin County, California, and found that volunteerism reduced mortality rates more than exercising four times weekly and attending church regularly. Um, Subjects who volunteer for two or more causes had a 63% lower rate of mortality than people who didn't volunteer. Um, So yeah, they were published in the Journal of Health Psychology. So we do have some pretty concrete scientific evidence that um, being generous and uh, giving actually has really, really strong benefits for a person's state of mind and consequently their life. Um, So yeah, just moving on to kind of some smaller ways that people can give back. Obviously, there are a lot of avenues um, in which people can make large actions and organize big uh, events uh, through volunteer services and community service groups and things like that. But I think there are a couple ways that people can kind of give back to their community um, that don't take too much effort and are just kind of small acts. Uh, First one is actually voting. Um, Paying attention to local and national politics is a huge way you can just give back to your community. Um, Obviously, you don't have to become a mayor or a senator or anything like that, but just voting and affecting each governmental decision, um, even with that tiny, tiny, tiny little uh, addition to the system, uh, that can help others a lot around around you uh, immensely, Uh, especially since a lot of legislative and economic decisions have really large ripple effects that last for years or even potentially decades. Uh, Partaking in each um, decision and actually affecting anything or actually affecting um, those decisions can be a really big help in um, really changing the community around you. Uh, of course, it's not almost never actually easy to agree on what choices will actually benefit other people in the community. But even just learning about the news and voting is really invaluable. It's really confirming that people's voices are being heard. Um, after all, if a group of people can agree on something, the first step is to uh, actually identify who believes what. Only after that, you can actually go about, you know, I guess, kind of conversing and changing people's minds and trying to reach a solid conclusion that people agree on. Um, and the second way that you could really make a difference in other people's life by, um, you know, just, you, the second way you can make a really big uh, difference in other people's lives is by just complimenting them, which is obviously a pretty small thing compared to, uh, Things like entire, like spending hours at a volunteer service or anything like that. Uh, simple words can go a long way in communicating your appreciation of another person. Uh, when a person receives a purely voluntary compliment, it acts as a sort of validation for a person's behavior or effort. It lets them mentally confirm their good qualities in a way. Uh, and receiving compliments uh, has a scientifically documented benefit. According to a Forbes article by David DeSalvo, uh, researchers recruited 48 adults for a study, um, and they were asked to learn and perform a specific finger pattern. Uh, One group included an evaluator who would compliment participants individually. Another group involved individuals who would watch another participant receive a compliment. And the third group involved individuals who evaluated their own performance on a graph. When the participants were asked to repeat the finger exercises the next day, the group of participants who uh, received direct compliments from an evaluator performed significantly better than participants from the other groups. And there's a quote in the article that belongs to Professor Norihiro Sedato, the study lead and professor at the National Institute for uh, Physiological Sciences in Japan. To the brain, receiving a compliment as as much a social reward for being rewarded money. Uh, we've been able to find scientific proof that a person performs better when they receive a social reward after completing an exercise. And uh, complimenting someone could become an easy and effective strategy to use in the classroom and during rehabilitation. So yeah, those just a couple words uh, to another person. How easy is that? Uh, a A few simple nice words can consciously or subconsciously change how a person behaves in the future. So, you know, make sure to let others know in the moments when you truly appreciate even the smallest things about them. And with that, uh, we'll be closing our show on the gift of giving today. As always, we give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. 
Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Kenneth Jun, and you have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs, go to our main site at www.bethestarur. Give and give to your community, speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine between the lines if you would let yourself